Living the life worth living. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for the special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Michelle Hoffman, who is a keynote speaker, life and relationship coach, and the international bestseller author of Life Worth Living, as well as New Management Blueprint and The Art of Relationshipping101.com. Because life is better with good love in it, Michelle empowers you to attract, keep, and enjoy loving relationships in your life without losing yourself or being overwhelmed. You can go from being worried you are not enough to confident you are attracting everything you desire in life. With Michelle's coaching, you are ready to step into the person you envision becoming. Confident, able to advocate, visible, attractive to the right person, personally and professionally successful, connected, balanced, worthy, and competent. It is all about relationships. Wherever you are in your life's journey, single, partnered, married, divorced, or widowed, it's time to have the confidence to live and enjoy life as you dream it can be. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Intimacy Truths podcast, where we're on take two of recording, because today is going to be so much fun with Michelle Hoffman, where we are going to be discussing life worth living and what her journey has been like on the life that she is now living that she feels is worth living. So tell us, where did your journey start? Thank you for having me, Stephanie. I know. So. I mean, anyone who's joining us right now is like, can you please tell us what's so funny? And I will promise to bring you in. You yes. won't miss a thing. Yeah. So the, um, I, what makes life worth living? I've always made an effort. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. They, we all make an effort to make life meaningful and give our one precious life purpose and find every, you know, you know, every juicy moment that we can enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm certainly a big proponent of living life through my senses and knowing that I am loved and that I love in the world. And I, you know, was fortunate enough to find a man to share my life with me and we got married. And I mean, he he wasn't an obvious choice. Let me just say that. (laughs) 
but when I look for core values and who I was really looking for to walk my journey with, definitely there was simply no question. You don't always know when it's wrong, but you know when it's right. Mm. And literally from the moment that he met me, it was very quick that he was like, this is the woman for me. It took me a few more hours. And then he, uh, he kissed me that night. And um, I did what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman. I, I laughed. <laughs> I was like, wait, where's the, where's the cliffhanger here? What did you do? <laughs> Not what every man dreams of, but he was brave enough to ask what's so funny. And I went, my whole world has just changed. I was going down the track of my life this way, and now it's going toward you. Mm. That's what every man dreams of when he kisses a woman, Mm. you know? It's like, and the fact that it was so clear to me, and that that was it. We actually spent every day of the rest of his life together there was one day when I was on a business trip for 10 days and he came and met me after 10 days but that was 18 years from that night to 18 years to the day he died Mm. there yeah spoiler alert (laughs) um was we were together because we enjoyed each other so much Mm. and people could see that love from like across people are still talking about it on the internet Um, because when, like I said, you don't always know when it's wrong, but you know, when it's right and you can see it, it's like, zing. Mm -hmm. Just like us, which is where all the smiles and laughs came from. That's right. (laughs) No, and there's a good synergy happening. And so I know what good love feels like and looks like. Mm. And when we did get married and we did the vows of till death do us part, I gotta be honest, that was so not on my radar Mm. on that day. And um, we invited two children into the world. One, uh, you know, it's like with such intention. So how fortunate for these kids to be welcomed into the world with that kind of intention. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had our first child. And then at about one year old, my late husband said, go play with your little sister. Oh, you don't have one. I'll make you one. And so he like pulls me aside with all this intention, does the fatherly deed, and then it's like, you're pregnant. It's a girl. I'm like, how do you know this? Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we had a second. And sure enough, yeah. boy, so it was, um, you know, all of those wonderful life experiences that we got to share together and the developmental stages that change from being individuals to partners, to parents, to you know, infants and toddlers and raising these amazing little people. And we get to see the world through their eyes. It's just this wonderful gift. Mm. And then I also, uh, I could say we, because the kids too, um, had the life experience of seeing life in fast forward Mm. because um, he got cancer and it was an advanced stage cancer. And he was too young that the doctors weren't believing him. Um, doing the advanced testing because they couldn't imagine that that would be the case so we had this five-year cancer journey and fought with everything we had and every penny we had ever imagined saving or anything for a rainy day and it was five years of rainy days Mm -hmm. and literally you know we had the community supporting us so 
when you know we're educated he we were working at stanford university we had these two brilliant children who we were set up for an incredible success in our lives mm. and to have this you know left turn come in and go well now what do we do and we had intended to be philanthropists and givers and then suddenly we needed to be the recipient mm. and the receivers of people's generous hearts just giving and receiving is like, that is life-changing in and of itself to be in a position where you can't help yourself. And I started writing um, these emails because fortunately we have people who love and care about us and they'd be calling me going, what's going on with the family? So not just what was the cancer journey, but what was going on with the kids and me and how are you getting through it? And I'd get too many phone calls that I couldn't parent and I couldn't partner and I couldn't be the you know healthcare advocate mm. <laughs> and let alone self-care. That was like, pff, right. out the and um so I started writing emails and there were three over 300 families that wanted to be on this email list. And I'm like, kind of just feel like I'm complaining. And they were like, no, that is not what you're doing in these emails. Mm. In fact, these emails should reach a wider audience because evidently mm. what I was actually doing was sharing, how do you deliver difficult news to children? How do you navigate the... Um, the medical institution without an advocate right by your side. Right. How do you get through, you know, the roller coaster of these kinds of events? How do you create a legacy? How do you take care of health and self-care? How do you make sure that you have an advisory board like a board of directors has, uh, or a business has a board of directors? Right. Each deserve to have an advisory board and know who to go to for what without taking advantage of people and knowing what's their zone of genius to ask the questions within. So I actually was like, people would, would like be like, okay, I'd have to sit down and close my office doors knowing that there was an email from you. Mm. I'm like, oh my God. So I was starting to change my writing from professional writing because I was a portfolio manager. I was, um, a, an executive in a medical publishing company for 11 years. I was a social scientist in the Department of Medicine at Stanford. I love that term. <laughs> I know, it was good. And I was a business consultant, um, saving companies millions of dollars by going in and helping them create the culture or adjust the culture when it was out of alignment with the core values and mission of the business. I was sparking talent to ignite winning teams and aligning it all with the success of the business. And it was like so much fun for me. Mm. But when all of that changed to what I was feeling like was more personal writing, um, I was certainly getting, you know, making significant impact in totally. my community. And the community was helping us through and it. Direct impact and getting direct feedback, not like doing part of the thing that makes everything else work together. Um, and that was probably incredibly empowering for you, especially earlier we talked about um, your biggest challenge was becoming the head of household and how you were navigating that. Right. I just got chills on that one because, you know, I did something, I guess I would call it pre-grieving for his loss and he was comforting me about mm -hmm. his own loss. Mm -hmm. 
to wrap your head around that. And um, it's good coping skills. That was very good coping skills. Yeah. Resilience is a big thing that I work on with people because it's not, we all have similar things happen to us. It's how we respond to them. A hundred percent. And his dying words were, I love you. And it's like, he had a full and happy life. I got to enjoy a full and happy life with him. Yeah. And now I landscape scorched. Yeah. And I've got these two little children who rely on me. I'm now head of household. We've spent everything trying to save and extend and give him a comfortable existence. And it's like, well, I am starting from a very low point in the valley. Yeah. And I'd be like, what, how do I do this? And the advice I was given was get 10 copies of the death certificate and talk to your religious leader. And I'm like, I'm a Girl Scout leader and we're putting on the father-daughter dance and my little daughter doesn't have an escort. Mm. What, who, where is that in the list of things to do? Mm. Where is the, you know, the Boy Scout? Where is the second income or first income? Because at that point I wasn't working. Mm. I had the life gift of um, contributing to our community at the time and parenting full-time, which I did see as a life gift. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of bit me because I'm like, well, there's zero income and I'm supposed to magically have something pocketed away to put these kids through college. Mm. If I can get them through elementary school, junior high and high school, I have, a, I don't, I was like, how am I going to, you know, climb this mountain on my own? Mm. And I was just like, whoa, what do I do now? Aside from curl up in a fetal position and soak my pillow with tears mm. with the big concept of, oh, well, I could roll over and do that on the other side. And it's like, how do I get out of bed? And it was really baby steps. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get out of bed today and make it. So it's like two seconds harder to get back into. Meanwhile, let's honor the kids because they had to go to school. Yeah. yeah. I literally don't know how I would have gotten up and like just compartmentalized and gone to work at that point. I felt functionally catatonic. So once I could get up and get my routine going, it was like all the energy got sucked out of me. And I'm like, I really don't know which way to go. Mm. I don't know what to do. And so I figured it out because that was really the most important thing to do as head of household and sole parent. You figured it out, but it it came along in such a unique way. (laughs) I love this part of the story. All right. So um, I figured it out and, you know, started to put, like I was saying before, I built that advisory board like I was doing with businesses. I built one for myself and I built one for the kids. So they they knew who to go to for what. I started to work on, you know, recalibrating all of our relationships And then I was like, I saw something, it was actually on Facebook. And I see that one of my high school buddies who I used to go running with went out for a run and had a heart attack and died. Oh my. I thought, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And then of course I realized, oh my God, I actually do know what to do and I can't do nothing. So I actually 
immediately upon seeing that I went and got Chinese food because that's what you do. And I brought it over to his widow's house and there's mourners in the living room not knowing what to do. And they, you know, his widow introduced me and said, yeah, she's a recent widow. And I said, I, this is never going to be okay. I'm going to hold your hand and walk this journey with you. Mm. Let's project manage this thing. And all the mourners in the living room were like, somebody who knows what they're doing is taking the lead because there's no guide for this. Right. And even if there were a guide, she was only planning dinner that day. She, you know, her husband's out for a run. She was expecting him to come home and continue to live their lives. And now she's got two kids and her husband had a business and she had been, you know, substitute teaching occasionally, but that's not going to pull it together to now be head of household and sole parent. So we pulled her life together and we, she got the accreditations to run her late husband's business. It's now flourishing. The kids are feeling confident and confident and strong. So I was able to recreate what I did for my family, for her and her family and individually for herself, just to be able to like see like one of the exercises that I do is basically we take a walk and when your head is tipped up how do you feel about that can you can see the future but you can't see where you're at right now mm-hmm. you feel arrogant and like you know a little unstable and when your head is tipped down you can see the where you're at now but you are unaware of your peripheral vision where you can't see too far ahead and when you can set your sights just about two inches above the horizon, your windpipe is open, you've got the greatest peripheral vision you could have, you have this sense of stability and confidence. We don't, we take it for granted that that's how we walk now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's simple things that are, you know, metaphors for other aspects of our lives. So once people saw that I could help my family and then I restabilized her and her family, they started to send me out in the community. Can you go help so-and-so? This family needs you too. Oh, they've just done this. And it wasn't just widowhood. It was everything. It was divorce. It was a change in job. It was a new community. It was um, in uh, not able to advocate for themselves. So all these people are sending me out and I'm like, I actually need to go get a job because I'm out head of household. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, no, this is your job. Yeah. Like what? This is a job. <laughs> yeah, right. I can do a thing that you're telling me I can do. <laughs> well, it's just, I, it was, it was a job that came to me. I mean, it's like any other job yeah. you apply for it and you're hired. But in this case, I, I offered, I volunteered and was hired repeatedly because people were seeing the value that was happening as a result of working mm. with me. So anyway, I was given the opportunity to start to look for what kind of job should I take on next to be able to support my family and you know identify what my future is gonna look like. So career revenue and resource, and fun and diversion too. I put that in there for everything. What am I going to do? So I'm talking with a friend of mine about this. And I had mentioned those emails that everyone was saying, this needs to go to a greater audience. You should write a book on this. Mm. And she says, well, you should talk to my husband about that. I'm like, okay. Oh, and the breadcrumbs. 
Yeah, who's sure? I'm happy to follow, you know, talk to your husband about who's your husband, Beth? And she says, Guy Kawasaki. I'm like, oh, the guy who evangelized Apple Computer with Steve Jobs, the branding guru of the world. Yeah. She goes, Yeah, you didn't realize that. I'm like, that's not how I choose my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so the next time, you know, that we talk about getting the kids together, you know, we were. I'm sitting at the breakfast table with Beth and Guy Kawasaki, and I tell him the story that I just told you about my friend and how people have been sending me out in the community. And he, Guy Kawasaki points his finger at me and he says, that's your book. Write the book. Mm. And Guy Kawasaki points his finger at you and says, write the book. You write the book. Yeah. So I wrote the book, I Life Worth Living. A Practical and Compassionate Guide to Navigating Widowhood and Soul Parenting. And it very quickly became an international bestseller. Mm -hmm. And then people were coming to me from all over the world asking, can you help me through this? I'm like, well, yes, of course they will. Because this is a very unique set of circumstances that it's a club we never want anyone to join. Right. Um, so I put together a program and as I continued working with clients, I actually realized what people need to hear the most in the order they needed to hear it. Mm. So there's just like when you're an infant and a toddler and a teenager, oof, those are hard years. Um, there's a developmental stage mm. in moving through a big transition, whether it's a divorce whether it's changing communities, whether it's deciding I don't want to be a procrastinator anymore, mm -hmm. whether it's a big decision, like I want to trust myself in intimate relationships and be able to navigate them rather than run into the same challenges over and over again. Those are big life transitions that we don't give nearly enough credit to. And we don't talk about them. We don't give people the foundation on how to navigate them. So that's basically what you're talking about is, you know, you learn your foundation, your blind agreements and things that people just tell you and you just learn to agree to because you don't know any different between ages two and six. And then here you are navigating these transitions. And I always say people, listen, you're learning how to crawl again. Stop trying to run. <laughs> Right. Like we gotta be, I know it's painful. I know it's hard. I know you want to get over this hump and be past this challenge, but stop trying to run, stay back here with me where we got to get used to the new foundation and then you can. Right. That's so key. And I've been talking about that a lot lately, because if you go from zero to running, yeah. what happens is you somehow return to your factory setting. Right. And then you go, wait, that didn't work. No, it can totally work, but you need to There's fill in enough stability along the way mm. that you, you know, then it's like an upgrade to your system rather yes. than back to you are set. my freaking spirit animal. I love it. <laughs> my favorite. This makes my heart <laughs> so happy. It's like someone who gets all of it. I love it. <laughs> So my daughter us. asks okay. me at night before we go to bed, who's your spirit animal? And of course, when she was little, I'd kind of like push it to like the winged horse Pegasus unicorn thing. And then I'm like, I just call her from my room and go, huh, my spirit animal tonight was the fruit, the fruit stripe gum zebra. The colorful, they'd be like, he's like all this dancey, kooky guy. I'm like, how did that show up? I love being your spirit animal, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> 
So tell us, tell us where people can find you, um, how they, how they can get access to your book, all the, all the stuff. Okay. So I'm Michelle Hoffman and the easiest way to get a hold of me right now is at relationshipping101.com. Here's what happened. I wrote this book, Life Worth Living, and then everybody in the 35 years of managing people and helping them build their career trajectories, they were like, that's amazing. When are you going to write the book we want you to write? Because remember, I was saying I help all these businesses. It's all about relationshiping, whether it's personal relationships or professional relationships. Mm. So I wrote the new management blueprint, Spark Talent to Ignite Winning Teams, Creating Valuable Results. It also became a number one international bestseller. And they're like, when are you going to write the book we want you to write? And I'm like, okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. So especially if you're a new manager, you're going to want a copy of that. But if you go to relationshipping101.com, it's available on Amazon. I'm happy to give you a free copy of either of those. Um, just connect with me on that um, website. Yeah. And what happened, this was a kind of an interesting twist, is that my community and my peers and particularly my clients were like, you know, you're actually a relationship coach. Yeah. Like what, what, that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had module five, cause I've got two programs. One is the life worth living process. Module five was really all about relationshiping. Many people at some point in their lives are ready to move from being single to being in a partnership. Mm-hmm. And that could be any relationship. It could be the relationship with your inner voice, yes. the relationship with money, your career, your kids, your family, your community, your anything. And especially if you're looking to invite an intimate partner into your life, you want to make sure that your relationships are, that you know how they move from chemistry to casual to committed. And that's the structure that all relationships go through mm-hmm. when you break it right down. So um, they're like, you're actually a relationship coach. So what I'm focusing on right now is in addition to helping people stabilize your life so that you can have your one precious life worth living mm-hmm. the way that you want it on your terms, but also so that you can invite the right relationships into your life and recalibrate the ones that aren't serving you in a really polite and appropriate way, mm. a little bit further out. So I talk about how to attract, keep and enjoy the right love in your life. And it's for people on all stages of that process. Um, I'm getting an influx of people right now because of the life circumstances of it's been difficult. Yeah. This pandemic has highlighted whether we're in the wrong relationship or whether we're ready to be in the right relationship. Um, So I've now focusing on being a relationship coach in the art of relationshiping. So that's why relationshipping101.com is my current highlight. It's the easiest way to meet me. And I'm also happy to, you know, spend an hour with you, anyone listening to this, Mm -hmm. to help you figure out what is the biggest thing that you would like to change and how will your life be different when we make that change. Mm. People think they can do it on their own because we're raised to think we can do it on our own. It should be no big deal. It should just happen. You know, it's my faith will bring it to me or not. It'll be what it will be. But if you'd like to help that along the way a little bit or have a guide help you identify the blind spots, then 
set up a little hour on my schedule. I've cleared a bunch of time on my calendar knowing that this was coming up so I can be available to you. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. This has been an incredible conversation. Um, I'm so excited to look and look forward to us working together in, in many, many ways. How that has to come, we haven't really figured out, but we know what's coming. We know, and it's going to be good. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Thank you for being here. That's awesome. Stephanie, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for this special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com.